Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, the show that offers you tips and strategies to help speakers build the business of their dreams. Now, here's your host, 30-year industry veteran and business coach, Jane Atkinson. Well, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Atkinson. Now, we often have people asking us about our school, what goes on in our inner circle masterminds and in my private coaching. And I thought I'd start by pulling back the curtain and doing some client spotlights so that you can see the successes and of course, some of the challenge that our clients have moving towards the businesses of their dreams. Today, I'm so happy to have back on the show, Sindra Kampoff. Welcome back, Sindra. Thank you, Jane. It's an honor to be on with you. So thank you so much for having me. Now, you are a mindset expert, a professor, a speaker, an author. You also have your own podcast. Tell everybody the name of your podcast. It's called The High Performance Mindset, and we've had it for six years. Can you believe it? Over 400 episodes. So I feel like in podcasting since the beginning. <laughs> that you were a pioneer in the podcasting and I love it and I know it's going gangbusters. Now give everybody a snapshot of what your business looks like today. So I'd say first and foremost I'm a keynote speaker and trainer. So that's what I I, I love I love that. I never expected that I would get into keynoting but uh, got involved in the Minnesota chapter of NSA actually to be more confident in front of the Minnesota Vikings. So kind of uh, found speaking in that way. Um, I'm also a coach. So I'm a mental performance coach and an executive coach. So that's kind of like the second part of my business model and an author. So have written uh, a best-selling book called Beyond Grit and a workbook and just submitted my a manuscript for my next book yesterday morning, Jane. Ooh, what's that going to be? So it is about uh, applying these 10 practices of high performers to business and business leadership and not being an entrepreneur. And so right now working title is Beyond Grit for Business. So oh, keep that's perfect. Idea. Yeah. It is the perfect title. I love it. And you can play off the success of the first book and Oh, congratulations. That's really, really exciting. You know, it takes a long time to get that going and to write and put that first and kind of eat the frog first. I'm thinking about a Brian Tracy quote. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it really does. It's, it's, you know, people say, oh, yeah, I wrote a book, but there's a lot that goes into that. Now, I want to take you back to when we first met. I'm thinking it might have been like, I don't know, maybe 2017 or something like that. I believe you became a private coaching client first, and then we moved you into our inner circle mastermind, which it was amazing to have you in there for a few years as well. What were some of the things that you didn't know were possible when you first got started with us? Uh, I first heard you speak at NSA, actually, at the uh, Influence Conference. I don't know what year that was. I was like, I need, to, I had heard about your work and I was like, I need to talk to Jane. And I think for me, the biggest difference was just leveling up my speaking. You know, I think that I was playing pretty small before that in terms of I was speaking, but maybe wasn't asking the fee that I deserved or that I, you know, um, that other people were. Yeah. So, you know, that was a big thing that I really learned the importance of like, okay, what actually should I be charging? 
and you know, I, I'm a PhD of these certifications, right? And so it's kind of funny how, you know, I wasn't charging what, what I, I, everyone else was. And then I think the second biggest takeaway for me was I wanted to really level up my executive coaching and my coaching for business leaders. And I had been doing a lot of work in sport, but was working on making the transition to more executive coaching. Because as I was speaking more, all these people were coming up to me and saying, you know, do you coach? And I wanted to think of a way and find a plan to really streamline the business model. And I remember having conversations with you about like, well, how do I actually bring people in uh, that are, you know, could be coaching clients from speaking. And one of the biggest takeaways is that I started like giving cases of people that I had worked with on stage and didn't necessarily, you know, say, hey, if you want me to coach you, this is how you go about it. But I gave enough examples of, you know, this one person I worked with was struggling with this and we did this. And just that, you know, now I would say like, I'm nearly full in terms of my coaching clients. Yeah. I love it. And now I'm straight, now I'm like this year we'll be launching a group coaching practice or, you know, that moving towards that model. Cause it's like, now it's almost, it's really time consuming. So I'm trying to, you know, I think the point is you continue to evolve and change and figure out what's going to work for you as you continue to develop your business. Yeah. And so when we first started, you were really, really busy, like worked off your feet, but you weren't charging the fees that you deserve. And I think sometimes it takes somebody on the outside looking in, they say you can't see the label from inside the jar to go, Hey, wait a second. You know, you know, you should be charging a lot more. Right. And so There's that. If somebody out there isn't sure if they're charging enough, you can certainly ask people around you. If you have a coach, ask your coach. But also, you know what? Your clients will tend to tell you. Mm -hmm. I'll bet there were clients who said to you, oh, I can't believe how inexpensive you were back in those days, right? Yeah. You know, and this is an eye opener for me. It was one of the first coaching clients and I, you know, I gave him my fee. He brought it back to his HR and his, the HR representative said, well, I'm not sure she's, she's not charging as much as the other coaches that we use. Is that, is she really legit? And that was a wake up call for me to say, oh my goodness. <laughs> you know? That's the so, danger of going in too low is that there's a perception mm-hmm. that maybe you're not as good as you actually are. And mm-hmm. you with your PhD, university professor, how many years did you work for the Vikings on you? I, I could still picture you teeny tiny little standing (laughs) next to these gargantuan men out on the field. You were their mindset and and performance coach. How many years did you do that for? Uh, For four. And I still work with a lot of pro athletes now and working now uh, doing some work with USA track and field to train their Olympians for this Olympics. So, you know, really, really incredibly amazing things. Yeah. And, and therefore look, you know, sometimes, okay, well, let's talk about that from a mindset standpoint. Mm -hmm. Why is it that people don't always know, or they undervalue how much they're worth? Why do you think that happens? 
I think because we have a negativity bias, um, you know, and what I mean by that is negative events get stored more quickly. They linger longer in our mind. And we do have to be really mindful of what we're thinking about ourselves because what we think about ourselves, we become. Sometimes we listen to what other people have said about us and we take on those beliefs. I think for me, you know, as I was continuing to grow, I was just, you know, and I'm still doing this, getting out of my comfort zone every day. And so there's a lot of fear that you can experience when you're just trying to push. And I grew so much, my speaking and my business grew so much in a short amount of time that I think like my brain was just trying to catch up with kind of this new self image, you know, and, and now I continue to try to do something every day. That's just a little bit courageous, but I think we, you know, our brain is here to keep us safe. It's not here to help us be a peak performer. It's not here to help us build this business of our dreams. It's here to keep us safe. And so knowing that, I think we, I've been really this year, Jane, like one of my goals this year is to reduce my judgment of myself. Oh, I love that. Your inner mean girl. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and our judge was developed as we grew up to keep us safe. And, but, you know, as we get to be adults, our judge doesn't help us, you know, in fact, it keeps on getting in our own way. You know, I'm thinking about when I first started speaking, it was like, gosh, why am I not as good as this person or that person? Or I remember my first, um, you know, uh, speaker showcase, (laughs) I was so nervous. And instead of being really intentional and saying, I deserve here, you know, I've had, I don't know. Umpteen years of education and of more knowledge than anyone on the subject matter. You know, I wasn't really at first intentional with building my confidence. Now I'm more intentional with it. Yeah. And I do think that, as you know, I've been Mm -hmm. studying mindset for a couple of years now. This very particular thought model that Brooke Castillo, I'm becoming certified next week, actually, on Monday. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. It was a pretty intense uh, process. But she speaks about the difference between confidence and self-confidence. And let me just kind of define it for you and see how you weigh in from your own mindset perspective. Confidence is the series of things that you've done in your life that allows you to fall back on to say, yes, I can do this because I've done it before. Yeah. But in her way of talking about it, self-confidence comes from within. It really has to be like a really deep-seated belief that you can do anything that you put your mind to. What do you think about that? Well, I think that sometimes people feel that confidence has to be a feeling and they might just say, you know, I don't really feel confident, but our confidence comes and goes. And maybe, you know, if I could apply it to what she's saying, our self-confidence comes and goes. Right. Yes. And expect to be a hundred percent confident all the time. Even if you look at the best athletes in the world, they will describe that their confidence can be impacted. Mm-hmm. And I do think, you know, self-confidence is a choice. We we need to nurture it. And I, that's why I think daily conditioning is so important because like we- your muscles. Just I, like I'll, our muscles. I'll bet your athletes have to do daily mental conditioning all day long, right? Visualization. Oh, yeah. And all of those mm-hmm. things that you do to prepare to go to the Olympics. 
especially if they're really trying to be the best they can at the highest level, sometimes the best in the world, right. you know, they realize that it's not just the physical conditioning. And that's the same for us. You know, the more we're pushing our limits, the more we have to really uh, work on that mindset. And so I would just say that sometimes confidence can come from action and then we can feel more confident. Yes. So, you know, I think that's, that can be helpful to know that it's, you know, it is, it's a choice. It's a daily practice. There are things that you can do to improve your confidence. And I think that's so important when you're a speaker, because you're like commanding the room, you know? (laughs) Exactly. And so sometimes people will have like a little bit of a mantra that they'll say to themselves before they go on, going on virtually and going on live on in front of a big stage are two different things, but I'm, I know that you kind of have to still bring it either way. And I love factoring in, <laughs> I can be a little much sometimes if I really unleash, <laughs> unleash the Kraken. And so I have kindness and humble built into my mantra, as well as I'm going to have fun. And I know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. You have something that you say to yourself before you get up, you know, especially in in a big high stakes, like let's go forward. I, you've told me so many times about doing showcases more recent where, oh, and I crushed it and I got all this. And and so (laughs) what were you saying to yourself before you went on those stages? So I think, you know, my internal judgment is a thing that can get in my way most when I'm speaking And even if it's like this one person in the back who's checking their phone, right? You know, and then I, uh, I'm just kind of giving you some examples of things that can get in my way. When I step on the stage and if I am just me, I'm authentic, I'm courageous, I am me unapologetically, that is when I shine. And I've had, it's been really fun, you know, doing a lot of stuff virtually because to be honest, Jane, before the pandemic there was no way I would have done any of that. You know, I was like, you were forced. I was forced, or at least I could have maybe done it, but I wouldn't have crushed it. And it's, I love the virtual things because it's like, I'm so comfortable in my own home, you know, that it's like, just, just be me. So that's, you know, when I feel like I, and I think that's when we're all at our best, when we're, just our authentic, like true essence, you know, and then it gives other people more room to be their true self too. And uh, they can see how much fun you're having and how much you're enjoying it. So for me, how I get in the flow, and there's been times where like virtually, you know, a couple months ago, I gave an hour keynote virtually and I, I don't remember most of it. I mean, it was like, you were just like experience. And it's the kind of, it was the kind of the event where you didn't see the people. It was just like you staring back at you. Have we, haven't we also examined our faces far too much this year? And can you go now? I can't go without a filter anymore because of that little zoom button, touch up my appearance. I go to a live stream now and it's like, whoa, okay. I need, (laughs) give me the filter back. Um, Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm I'm really glad that you said that because you made another really good move right before COVID hit. Number one, you bought the house of your dreams and not that long before COVID. But the thing that probably was the blessing 
was that you said, I'd really like to focus more on executive coaching. And so we kind of <laughs> helped you get that all set up so mm -hmm. that when all of your dates on your calendar went away back in March of 2020, you're like, you know, I'm actually doing pretty good over here. Talk a yeah. little bit about that and the discomfort of just having this kind of new, bigger house and how that might have felt a little bit scary in the moment. I think it was scary in the moment, but it also, you know, helped me, I think, step into my potential. And when I think about potential, that word just means like, limitless and endless. And when we feel like we've reached our potential, we actually know, you know, that there's more within us. And I think that it was, it, you know, uh, buying this house was also a, a big boost in my own confidence, you know, that, hey, I've been working really hard, you know, and, and it was like this reward for my family, you know, um, just this place where we could love each other, you know, and like be with each other and make these incredible memories. And I'm so glad we did it right before COVID. Yes. You know, we were at home a lot. And I'm also grateful that I, I did diversify my business model before COVID mm. uh, because then I win, you know, especially last April, because April and August are my biggest speaking months. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, when, when COVID hit in March and I mean, nearly all of my events were either canceled or date, the date was moved. You know, it, it felt scary, but, or, and I guess I would say, and I also had a lot of confidence that I was going to be just fine because I had this group of people that I was, you know, that were already on the calendar and I could actually help them through, you know, just the difficulties we were all experiencing and, and supporting them. So I'm a big believer in like diversifying your business model because especially because you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, yeah, speaking your getting... intuition might have guided that because your mm -hmm. timing was impeccable. Yeah. And then I also think like now as more things are opening up for speaking now, it's like, okay, now I got to shift a little bit and come up with a different model to do more coaching, you know, just, just to kind of balance out that time and kind of like what you said, sometimes I can get a little overbooked. Yeah. And here's the thing. When you are only trading your time for money, you only have so much inventory on the calendar. And I will say my prediction is that come maybe fourth quarter 2021, but definitely first quarter 2022, things at some point are going to go gangbusters because the meetings industry is just like craving gatherings and they'll have bigger audiences and it is going to be, uh, uh, there's a lot of predictions out there that it's going to come back big. So you're going to be stretched in terms of calendar dates. But if you introduce your mastermind before that, now you're not just trading your time for money. You're going one to many. And yes. that's the goal, right? The more those mm -hmm. one to many uh, options that you can have, where you're bringing in revenue, maybe, you know, you're doing, I, I meet with my mastermind and I'm, I'm sure uh, we'll talk about, you know, if I can help you set yours up, we meet a couple of times a month, the amount of time it takes for you to really deliver on that promise is not a lot when it comes to the mastermind. But at the same time, you will no longer be just trading your time for money, which I think yeah. is a brilliant next move for you. 
Yeah, scaling. That's what my goal is in 2021. <laughs> Yay! I'm putting in a little book for my a little plug for my book. It's called Scaling Your Speaking Business. I um, knew it. <laughs> we'll put a link into that. Yeah, there's a lot of great ideas in the book on how to actually do that. Okay, so a couple of questions on, and I don't know if we've covered this already. What was the best marketing move? you made uh that's gained you like another flashpoint or or more traction i would say the best marketing decision i ever made was writing my book and my first book and adam thielen who's a wide receiver for the minnesota vikings who i've worked with since he was a senior in college wrote the foreword so that that was great because it was also like um, kind of signified the, you know, the, the value of the mindset work that I had been doing, yeah. but I mean, that really was a game changer three years ago. It just really, you know, blew up my speaking. And I think anybody who doesn't have a book should go write one. <laughs> yeah, because it, uh, not only it, will it be a level up in terms of, I just got a new client who read my book and that one client was like, okay, well, the whole book was worth it. Now, now I, I know because they read it and thought, oh, I need to be doing all these things. And that's what your clients are going to do. They're going to say, we need Syndra. So it also allows you to get all of your ideas and processes down on paper and right. solidify those ideas. And so this, you know, playing off the first book to the second book, brilliant. I think that's going to go so well for you. And the thing I think that's great is like this morning I was uh, talking to somebody who is considering bringing me in um, in June and, hey, could I send you a book? Yeah. Right. And, you know, and so I think it also is a great business card. Yes. It's give me it gave me the opportunity to take a step back and say, what am I about? What is my curriculum? What's my process? So my, that's what I speak on is these 10 practices in my book, not all of them. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, some people will say when you speak on two of them, that's great, Sandra, because then we can bring you bring you in for <laughs> an, a few other times for the other eight. Right. Okay, so I have an idea for you. You could actually break it down into smaller virtual and live sessions. So maybe you do like a live kickoff at the beginning, a live kickoff at the end. You could do 10 virtual sessions covering a chapter of the book each time. Like, and now you're not just doing, you know, one time trade time for money. You're doing a package that really helps become more transformational for them. You're moving from transaction to transformation, which is pretty cool too, right? Yeah, I love it. I've done some things like that during the pandemic, you know, this last year where um, it was more, we did two at a time, but it was great for businesses because then they could keep on working on their mindset. It wasn't like just this one and done kind of thing. Yeah, this is, we know, I mean, you've studied this a lot longer than I have, but I know I will never be done with this work. And I love yeah. that you've shared, you know, you're a PhD, a mindset expert, and you still have a struggle. You know, you, you're still doing the work every single day to make sure that you keep your mindset peak. I think you have to. And, you know, especially for me, I'm really trying to push 
you know, my limits and see what's what's possible. And I think when you're really trying to be courageous every day, you know, that's the fear and the gremlin and the inner critic that can get in your way. So, you know, maybe if you're just, you know, fine doing what you're doing right now and you don't have another level that you're seeking, you know, but I think especially if you're trying to really push your own limits, you know, you need to train that mind every day. Mm. We have a saying inside um, scaling your speaking business. If you're not willing to fail, you're not ready to scale. And talk about what your biggest, most costly mistake might have been in your own business. Well, Jane, I think that's a a great point. Um, I've been really thinking a lot about like how I define failure (laughs) and that I can define it on my terms. And so on my podcast, I ask people, you know, most experts, I say, what's your definition of failure? What does failure mean to you? And it's cool. Like there's all these different definitions of what failure is, but I like this definition of a guy named Michael Gervais. And uh, he works for the Seattle Seahawks. He's a sports psychologist. And he said, failure is anytime I'm not being authentic. Oh, interesting. And Oh no. In my goal, right? When I speak on stage, really my goal every minute of my life is like to be me because that's how I connect. That's how you connect with each other, right? That's how we connect with each other. Just being me, being us. Right. And so it depends on how we define mistake or failure. <laughs> what was something that cost you some money that you're like, oh darn, that wasn't something that really worked out the way that I would have liked to. I think the times that I feel like I fail are the times where I'm not being authentic. When, for example, like that speaker showcase, when I really wasn't myself and I, you know, that's, I feel like a failure. I think there's been times where I have not asked for my fee or the fee that I know that I deserve. And then maybe somebody else was booked for the same event. Right. And, and then, you know, that their fee was higher. Uh. Times that are failure that for is me. a punch in the gut when you accepted much lower than you should have. And then you see beside you on the same stage, someone who, you know, charged way more. I'm working with one of my clients right now. We're doing like some deep dive mindset work and uh, have created way different bottom lines for her. So I I understand sometimes you need to pay the mortgage, right? I get that. But what we talked about was that when she reduced her fee too dramatically, not only did it do her brand a disservice, it also did her brain a disservice. Mm. She would go into that particular event not being true to herself, not being authentic and, and knowing the value, you know, maybe are you going to show up and give the best value possible when they've reduced your fee by 80%? I don't, I don't know. I like, I, I would uh, be amazed if somebody could really do that all the way down to their heart. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So that is for sure. I think all those reasons are why, you need to ask for what you're worth. Yeah. And so, you know, when I think about, are there any other mistakes that I've made? I think the way that I've really approached mistakes are, okay, how can I learn? How can I grow? Right. That's, that's how the best, you know, they, they, they just, they see it as like a mistake, right? So 
have I started things that okay. didn't go so well? Yes, but it's like adapt and adjust, adapt and adjust. That's what I, my whole motto has been this year, adapt and adjust. I'm resourceful and I will figure it out. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I look at failure exactly the same way. And the, the mind, the, the thought that I've been running through my mind is because I'm not at my financial goal for this year. You know, COVID was a setback for me as well. But I just keep thinking to myself, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter yeah. of time. I don't really Great. look at it, things as failures. I just draw out the time toward to the success. <laughs> yeah. It's, take me a little bit longer. That's okay. That's okay. And Jane, I, you know, like goal setting science might say, you know, that goals are really about checking off these boxes, but the way I've kind of at least adapted goals in my business is that they're really more about what I can become than what I check off. So my same, like you, my goals are really high and, you know, if I don't get there this end of this year, well, I will just start over next year. And it's like, if I set a goal high, then what can, I mean, think of all I can become this year, you know, and higher. So, you know, who do I need to become to reach that goal? And if that's what happens is you start to really, so you talked about scaling your speaking business And for one of the things that I talk about in the book is that you really need to become a leader of your business. You need to first take it seriously as a business, put systems and processes and team in place, but also then you need to lead that. And so even if you don't reach your goal, if you became a better leader to your team in the process, then Mm -hmm. job well done, right? I love that. Absolutely. Who do I need to become to achieve this particular goal? That's a good one. I need to become more consistently, authentically me. <laughs> I like that. It's every I like day. That. Come back to authenticity. I think that's a strong mm-hmm. message here. How beneficial do you think it is to have a coach by your side when working towards the business of your dreams? I think it's a necessity, Jane. Um, you know, I have my own mindset coach. I've had her probably for eight years and he's helped me, uh, push my business. You know, obviously I've worked with you, which I've loved and will continue to work with you, you know? And so, um, I just think it's, we can get in our own way. Um, and I'm saying this as a coach, you know, and somebody who's objective, somebody who is a thought partner, somebody who really believes in your best interests and is going to push you along, but also hold you accountable and say, you know, Sindra, uh, last time you said this, you know, like, <laughs> you yeah. know, I are think you sure you really want to go sure? down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. And I think our, our, our spouses and our family and our friends, they, you know, the difference between a coach and them is there's a clear outcome where there might be that just there, like, you know, giving you some advice, sometimes even when you don't want it, right? <laughs> coach really is there to help you find what's within you. And I will, as long as I live, keep on working with a coach because I just continue, I can believe it's so, so important to keep growing and keep, you know, being courageous. And I think if you have people by your side to do that, it's a game changer. Brilliant. And, you know, one of the things I think happens a lot in my world is that I believe in people more than they believe in themselves when they show up. Actually, football player Orlando Bowen, who you've met before yes. at my live events, 
Uh, he was a Canadian football league player. And he, he, I saw far more potential for him than he even saw for himself. And so it's interesting for that, uh, that element for people not to really even know. And I, I would say for you too, Sindra, I saw really huge greatness for you. And uh, it's just a matter of plugging you into, hey, wait a second, this is what's possible. This is the fee that's possible. This is how much people will value me. I don't think you put any credence in PhD. And I was like, wait a second here. <laughs> Hello? You don't need to prove anything to anybody. You've already done it. So you did an amazing job. Uh, well, I have absolutely loved having you back on the show. I feel like this was a very different uh, conversation than our first one, but we'll put a link to that as well, just to see how time has uh, changed and evolved with you. Thank you so much for, for coming back with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jane. I'm grateful. And thank you so much for all the work and all the, the positive impact that you've made on my business and my life. So grateful for you. And you. when you're listening, you got to keep listening and hire Jane. <laughs> uh -huh. Thank you. Tell everybody where they should get in touch with you and, and maybe say the name of your podcast again. Mm -hmm. My podcast is called The High Performance Mindset, 400 and so episodes. Uh, I'd love for you to check it out. And you can find about my speaking or coaching over at Dr. Sindra. So D-R-C-I-N-D-R-A.com. Beautiful. Well, everybody, I feel like this was one of those episodes that, you know, maybe you feel some sort of internal shift. Who do I need to become? What can I do every day to shore up my mindset, to really get my confidence as high as it possibly can be, and to show up my most authentic self? Because when you show up your most, most authentic self, great things happen. And we're going to say thank you so much to the, everybody listening in at home. Leave us a review if you've enjoyed this episode. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything out into the future. And we'll see you soon, Wealthy Speakers. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. If you need help building the speaking business of your dreams, head over to WealthySpeakerSchool.com and take advantage of our 20-minute next-step call. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast.